Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. As we continue to roll through the week, and of course we regularly have to deal with the tension, the division uh, that's mostly coming out of our nation's capital it spills over into our neighborhoods and communities as well. And how do we combat that? And how do we overcome that in a, a meaningful way, in a sustainable way, so that we don't continue to have the kinds of things that we talked about with Rabbi Zippel in terms of that dehumanization, uh, that contempt for those that we disagree with, or those that we don't even know or understand. And there's a couple of things that we've been exploring as we go through the week this week. And that's one of the things that I love about what we do every week here on Inside Sources is that we get to stay with the questions a little bit longer and really think through, well, what does that mean and how does that really apply? So earlier this week, I had the chance to visit with Mark Leary. He's a psychologist at Duke University, Uh, was part of a really extraordinary study from the Templeton Foundation. Uh, also had a chance to speak with Melody Warnick, a freelance writer uh, from uh, Virginia Tech University, and uh, we talked about humility and bias. And I want to go back through a couple of key points from both of these really amazing thinkers that really got me in that think again moment as we've gone through the week uh, to look at some of these things that all of us can do today uh, to make a difference, to heal, to get past the division, to to get past the uh, the anger, fear, frustration factor to stop driving wedges and start building bridges. And so let me start with start with Duke psychologist Mark Leary. And he introduced a, I hadn't heard it framed this way, uh, but he called it intellectual humility uh, and just accepting this idea that, guess what, folks, we're not always right. Well, we've known for years that most people overestimate their understanding of the world, and they overestimate the degree to which they are personally correct about things. Intellectual humility is simply recognizing that whatever you might believe, whatever your viewpoints may be, you could potentially be wrong. Not to say you are wrong, but can you keep in mind, no matter what you believe or no matter what opinions you're asserting, that you might be wrong about this? So I think that's so important, Uh, the way he framed that, the way Mark Leary discussed that. So intellectual humility is just being able to entertain and hold on to this idea that we might be wrong or that we may not know. Now, this does not mean you're functioning from a position of weakness. This is not uh, walking around and being a punching bag because you're not confident 
in what you believe or what you think you know. It's just this element of intellectual humility that allows you to just entertain, you know what, I, I don't have all the answers, and somebody else just might have something really insightful to share with me today. Even if I disagree with them on 99% of everything that they say, if there's 1% that could make a difference in my world, I'd take that. I'd take that in a heartbeat. So Mark Leary went on to discuss how intellectual humility will not only improve your relationships, it actually improves your well-being. You have higher quality relationships with other people because you're not arguing about each and every little thing. You're going to ask yourself, does this really matter, first of all, because we argue with each other about tons of things that don't matter. And even if it does matter, how do I approach this disagreement with the person? I will approach it very differently if I think, you know, maybe I don't have a full handle on this. You're going to approach it differently if you think that way, then I'm absolutely certain I'm right and this other person is an idiot. So it improves the quality of our interactions. It improves our relationships. It doesn't mean you believe everything that ever the people tell you. No, you're going to be critical about what they say as well. But be critical about what you believe. So you don't have to believe everything that the other person is saying. Just be curious. Just be open. And yes, you can go through it and you can decide uh, what makes sense and what doesn't, what's real and what's not, what's of value, what's not. So you can be critical of what they say as you process that yourself, but you also got to be critical of yourself and what you're saying. Uh, as uh, as he mentioned, this this makes a difference in our relationships. And I love this idea of just beginning with, before you go into any argument, does it really matter? Are we really going to have a disagreement about something that matters or that will matter an hour from now or a day from now or a week from now? Or are we just going to expend all that emotional energy getting all riled up, getting all frustrated, getting all dug in on what we know is right and why the other person is wrong? Are we, Or can we just say, you know what, I don't think we need to go down this path. Uh, I don't think this is something that's going to matter in the end. So let's not have a debate over it. Let's not argue over it. Let's not even have a disagreement over it. Let's move on to something that does matter. Uh, it changes the, the way we have interactions and the depth and connection we have in our relationships. Uh, so often we get so defensive uh, when someone questions something. Ask yourself, why are they questioning it? They may just not understand your point of view. They may not understand where you're coming from. That creates a, an extraordinary opportunity to have a higher level conversation, some deeper dialogue. Now, one of the things that often contributes uh, to many of these disagreements, these things that create, I guess, the opposite of intellectual humility, which is intellectual arrogance. And so how do we get past that? How do we get past the disinformation, misinformation that's all around us? I spoke with freelance uh, writer Melody Warnick uh, from Virginia Tech University. Uh, she spoke to media experts and came up with three specific strategies that I love uh, for developing a good media literate mindset. So you're at least assessing the information you're taking in. Here's number one. First is read laterally. The fact checkers spent very little time on the, the main site that they were being asked to evaluate. Instead, they immediately got off it and went to see what other sources were saying about this website. So they go to Wikipedia or, or other organizations. Even Googling turned out to be valuable. And you would get other outside perspectives on whether this is a, a website, a news site that you can actually trust. 
So I, I love the research. And what they did is they had college students, and they were going, they were serving up uh, media and experts and reports and articles and having students go through them. And those who jumped on and started to go vertically down the web page or on that social media feed and just looking at the, you know, fancy graphics and the nice logos, which seemed to reinforce that, oh, this is credible, this is credible. Uh, what they found is that those that, that got it right the most, who could tell whether it was good information or bad, real information in terms of data or opinion, were those who didn't just scroll down and read through the piece vertically. They went laterally. So they started to check other sources. What are other people saying and weighing in on this? So I think that's an important strategy for us. Uh, don't just buy it because you can read through the article and it and it sounds like it's credible. Uh, you've got to go laterally. The next thing that uh, she talked about uh, was to go upstream. Second was go upstream, which kind of sounds similar to read laterally, and it and it sort of is. It is get off the page by clicking on the links and figuring out who the sources are, Google some of the experts that are quoted and see, you know, whether these people are, are reliable. So go upstream. So check the links. If they're quoting a study or they're quoting an expert, uh, find out about them. Is that expert credible? Is that website that's uh, a link there? Is that credible? So go upstream. Uh, too often we just go downstream, which just kind of reinforces or validates what we're already hearing. So go upstream. So start by going lateral, check out other sources, go upstream, check out the resources that they're quoting and referring to. And then the final tip was to acknowledge that, yes, in everything we go into, we do have a personal bias and point of view. Third thing is acknowledge bias, just to become aware of maybe some of the unconscious ways we're applying our own feelings to what we're consuming rather than, you know, accepting science and studies and things like that. So if we can really start to develop these kinds of skills and abilities, and I really do believe in this idea of intellectual humility, uh, it is the antidote for the arrogance of our day where we assume I'm right, you're wrong uh, from the beginning. And then we just dig in and dig deeper and deeper. Uh, St. Augustine famously called humility the foundation of all other virtues. And so looking at that variety of humility, intellectual humility, uh, it may be one of the most foundational things we need to communicate better to foster better relations, to overcome misunderstanding or perception or flat-out disagreement. Uh, so work on a little intellectual humility today because once we do that, we see things different. Our tolerance goes up, our understanding of other people go up, and our curiosity increases. And guess what? That all leads to us learning about ourselves and about the world around us. We're going to step aside for one last commercial break. Uh, as you know, today is Holocaust Remembrance Day. 77 years ago today, Auschwitz was liberated. There are many, many lessons from the before, during, and after that we still need to talk about. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. 
Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.